There are times when a kind of electric arc flashes across the sky, sometimes from academia to media to government, that for a moment, if you hold it, you will be wise. For a moment, it illuminates the true relationship you have with those who claim to own you. This is one of those times, the United Kingdom. Because you fought hard, you walked until your feet throbbed. You lectured, you harangued, you begged, you joked. You put a test on your relationships. You took risks. You opposed the feral left, which comes with its own peculiar and oft-increasing set of professional, financial, and sometimes personal dangers. And you pulled it off last year. Brexit. The idea that your country, your culture, your history is worth saving. That in a hostile, difficult, and dangerous world, with hundreds of millions of people on the move, all looking to move to Europe, all looking to move to the United Kingdom, to attach themselves to the giant nipples of state power, crashing the welfare state, crashing the healthcare system, crashing the economy, that you thought walls were important, that the traditional segregation of Great Britain from Europe, the channel which had sustained and protected British culture for many, many hundreds of years, that this had been wallpapered over with a giant Brussels-based bureaucratic bridge through which people were flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. And you said, no, no. Brexit, in my view, was fundamentally about immigration. 80% of white British people want immigration reduced, 60% of them sharply reduced. Of course, after 600,000 white British people flee London more, I believe, than during the entire 1940s bombing campaign by the Luftwaffe called the Blitz, it's time, you said, to take a break. And what has happened now, more than a year after Brexit, What is in the wings to be delivered unto you who worked so hard for all of this? A soft Brexit betrayal. Five more years of EU migration. The cabinet remainers claim significant victory after agreeing that there should be a soft landing transition period that utterly delays, if not destroys, the chance for the UK to get any semblance of borders back. The Brexiteer ministers, the heroes who spoke for the needs and the wills and the wishes of the people, well, they've somehow been persuaded of the need for a soft landing after Brexit. And this agreement could see open borders continue and continue and continue year after year after year until at least 2022, and I would imagine quite probably beyond. See, the cabinet has agreed to pursue this soft landing transition, allow free movement to continue until 2022. At a time when hundreds of thousands of people from the third world are crossing the Mediterranean at a time when the giant bioweapon of migrants is being scarcely held back by Turkey, which threatens regularly to unleash these economically productive additions to a modern economy on the EU. 
Now, there's a source that claims that leading Brexiteers, people like Liam Fox, Boris Johnson, Michael Gove, have signed up to this idea of a soft, endless, foggy, interminable implementation phase. After the UK is supposed to leave the EU in 2019, you see, they say, we've got to give business and government time to adjust. So we need six or seven years from Brexit. You know, they need time to adjust. You know, like how every time there's some diminishment of your freedoms or every time there's some tax increase or some implementation of regulations, you know how you're given six or seven years to adjust? Well, we'd love to raise taxes on you right now. But as an individual and as a business, you see, you need time to adjust. It's too quick. It's too sudden. They need time. Ah. But you see, when your freedoms are diminished, when endless waves of third world immigrants come into your country, driving up the cost of health care and driving up the cost of education and increasing congestion and driving up the cost of real estate, driving up your taxes, diminishing your liberties. Well, you see, you just have to adjust like that. They need six or seven years to potentially think about reducing immigration from the EU, but you must adjust to well over 600,000 people coming in, the majority from non-EU countries. You can adjust to that, no problem, right away. The Brexit Secretary, David Davis, ah, he said in the past, transition's not going to be any longer than two years. Ah, but now we're softening that, they say. We're going to open the door, transition lasts until 2022. I said last year, and I stick to it now, and these events have only vindicated this perspective, that Brexit, the vote for Brexit, was only the beginning, that there was going to be a soft, foggy attempt to drown Brexit and its impulses and its protections and its borders in a soft, foggy, bureaucratic pea soup of procrastination. And we all know what politics means by procrastination. When they say later, it's like a teenager saying he'll do the dishes. Basically, he means never. Procrastination in theory is perpetuity in practice. So they want the immigrants to vote for the left, to vote for bigger government. They want the immigrants so they can continue to borrow and print more money handed out in the form of welfare to prop up what they laughably call an economy. Debt, borrow, spend. Debt, borrow, spend. You don't need an advanced degree in mathematics to know that numerically that which cannot continue will not continue. This is what's called a trial balloon. They are putting something out to see if you'll stand for it. Do not think that all your struggles for survival are deep in the rear view. Do not think that one vote secures for you any measure or protection of freedom, of liberty, of security. The vote was the beginning. And we are in a sad state in Western politics these days where it is the noisiest and the most difficult who get their way. So peacefully, legally, be noisy, be difficult, get your way. <laughs>